podcast focused on lessons learned via the musician's backstory, as well as building successful careers in the business. My name is Allison M., and I'll be interviewing artists and industry experts and offering insights based on events Wisconsin Music Ventures has produced. Let's get down to business. On today's show, I am very pleased to have with me on Zoom... Uh, from coming in from New York, a recording artist, author, songwriter, and professor at Yale University, the New School, and NYU's Clive Davis Institute of Recorded Music, Mike Erica. So welcome, Mike. Glad to Hi. have you here. Thanks so much. Yeah. So I want to first start off by asking you about some of those things that are in your title here, in your intro. So um, tell me about all the things that you're busy with at these universities. Well, um, let's see. To start, um, I teach at them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, I also do a lot of mentoring of uh, students, of uh, songwriting students um, who are coming through those schools. Um, and uh, I do some a lot of one-on-one -on -one stuff, but um, mostly the core of what I do is a course called the art and business of songwriting it has different names in different schools but that's i really came to everybody with one thing and, sure, sure, and they sure. have customized it so that's basically what i do nice and uh you are teaching that because you have been a songwriter and you have done a lot in the music business yourself and and successfully and and now you are training people and doing the same and you're coming out you have a book out now and we'll get to that shortly but can you tell me a little bit about your background in music and uh you know how you came to be the musician that you are yeah so um i i've i've led sort of a uh, a weird path. And in the book, I, I mentioned that I, I was born backward, right? It's like, <laughs> called a Frank breach birth. And literally I, I was born backward. And the joke in the house is that I never really turned around. And that's kind of the truth. It's a weird fact. Um, and it plays out in my music career every step of the way. Um, I did not think of myself as a writer, as a songwriter, um, but one day, my father, who's a pianist, uh, a classical pianist, took a pop songwriting class and um, hated it, right? So in the first class, he was like, this is so stupid. It's three chords or something like that. <laughs> and, and he was like, but I don't want to get, I don't want to take the money back. You know, I don't want to get my money back because that's just not cool ethically for the teacher, whatever. Right. We happen to have the same name. And um so I just walked in the next week and they were like, uh, you look different. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I was like, no, no, this is, this is me. I'm, I'm here. Um, that's and, awesome. and that's sort of how it started. Um, and from there it was like, you know, within a couple of years, I mean, it was like, got a deal. I was touring the world, touring the, touring the country, doing all that. Um, but each step of the way has sort of been a backwards trip. Um, from there, I actually backed into music journalism and, and ran uh, Blender Magazine's website for hmm. a 
couple of years. So I did a lot of interviewing. This is after record deals and tours and, and lots of albums. Mm -hmm. I, still put, I still am putting music out, um, writing for television, writing for ads, writing for anything. Um, mm -hmm. But I sort of backed into these things. And then a friend was like, you know, uh, you should teach something at a college. And, and he was a dean at a college. And so I went and I spoke to the students, but I was like, you know what? I don't think I, I know anything. So I'm not really sure what to tell them. He books me anyway. And it was like a, oh my God, kind of moment. It was like an aha, definitely like an aha, like a classic aha mm -hmm. moment. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is great. I love feeling this part of the process and being in it. Uh, so from there, I, I just started teaching and I, and it, the thing grew. And then I realized I don't have the book I need to teach. Mm -hmm. So I was like, oh my God, I have to write it. I, <laughs> so, I to, so I had to write the book to teach the class to, that came from the journal, uh, journalism that, that came from the recording career, but always facing like an opposite direction. So my hope in the, in the book is to give them a way of turning around and facing straight ahead so they can actually mm -hmm. uh, not spend the kind of time that I, I did turning around myself. Yeah, yeah, save everyone a little time. Yeah, for oh, sure. Right. Yeah, <laughs> that's the idea. But yeah, that, that's great and, and very nice to, to share that wealth with everyone. And so can you tell me a little bit about where you are from originally? Um, originally, I'm from about a mile away from where I currently am sitting uh, in Brooklyn, New York. Um, my uh, parents and grandparents uh, are from here and then Italy before them. Um, nice. But this is sort of where I've been. It's very strange. Um, we're it's not, not very, a bad place. Yeah. Well, no, it, it, we're not very nomadic. You know, it, it, it wasn't. <laughs> a, there's not a nomadic sort of feeling to it, which is weird because I feel like um, artists and musicians in particular kind of need that in their DNA. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, hey, that's a great place to have been born and, <laughs> and raised. Well, it's, it's, it, it, it certainly is fun. The, uh, the cheese is good. I realize who I'm speaking to, of course. <laughs> but we've got some good cheese here as well. Uh, um, and, uh, and so it's maybe a different type. But, um, but it's, been, it's been really fun for that sort of culture. Yeah. Also, it's been really fun uh, because Brooklyn, there's a lot of stuff comes yeah. out of out of here. Yeah, so many artists are, you know, doing what they can to uproot and move to New York, and you just happen to have been right. lucky enough to be born there. So, yeah, um, a lot great. of the advice, a lot of the advice that people are given uh, is is to you've got to move to the mm -hmm. center of wherever it is, um, and I guess that you know that that makes sense. I mean, my wife's from Cleveland, and uh, but you know bands from there and, and bands from around uh the country gravitate towards the music centers you know mm -hmm. which is new york la atlanta nashville austin to a degree mm -hmm. you know places places like that yeah yeah absolutely so we established that you're a songwriter and what kind of music do you perform have you performed um well that's a funny thing, and it's wrapped up in in money, of course. Mm -hmm. uh, I like uh, sort of loud 
you know, like it's not rock, but maybe pop, pop, power pop kind of stuff. Uh, but didn't have the money for a band. So mm -hmm. I had to actually, I switched to acoustic and uh, really followed um, some heroes, including Ani DeFranco, the uh, ah, yeah, yeah. one of absolutely like a guiding light uh, for me. Um, but also, you know, so it's a, it was acoustic music, but it's sort of aggressive. It's, mm -hmm. you know, at, at points they've talked, they've called it fast folk or punk folk punk or you know mm -hmm. stuff like that and none of those really fit but mm -hmm. um but it's that sort of style i like storytelling but i like you know picking it up a little bit you know mm -hmm. um getting the point across in that way mm -hmm. what types of venues would you have played in oh god i mean i've played and opened and closed so yeah. many, so many venues uh, around. I'm thinking you're, you're Wisconsin. You're, yes, yeah, that's where we're based. Yeah, right. So I've played. Let's see, I played the Rat Skeller at uh, Matt in Madison. Okay. Uh, 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 at the U Wisconsin, it was after a Badgers game. Uh, I remember this one in particular. <laughs> there was a, there was a Badgers game, and they won. So, so everyone's huge. in a good mood. Oh my God. It was <laughs> huge. It was one of like those kind of shows where like you can do nothing wrong because nothing in the world is wrong, right? Um <laughs> and I've had uh I've had tours that have taken me up to Appleton. Mm -hmm. Uh and I played a bunch up there. A lot of college type things for in the Wisconsin area. Yeah. Um, but you know, venues all over the country. Uh of yeah. all I mean so it um Smaller venues for myself, but much larger when uh, when I'm opening for a major sort of act. So I've, sure, I've got a bunch sure. of really big rooms. Yeah. What are some of the acts that you have opened with that we might recognize? Wow. Um, well, let's see. I mean, Warren Zevon is one. Yeah. Uh, Johnny Lang, a blues Ooh. player. Uh, Art Garfunkel is one. <laughs> Rusted Root was another. Solar. I mean, like Amos Lee. Um, yeah. Actually, Amos Lee opened for me once, which is funny. Yeah. Uh, Guster. I mean, I'm yeah. trying to think, like, I don't yeah. know. Like, I mean, dozens and dozens and dozens. Yeah. Those are some great musicians that you just named. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, you are absolutely. Open. Yeah. I'm trying to think of like Semi Sonic. I'm trying to think yeah. of like people up in your neck of the woods uh yeah they're, they're minneapolis but like i'm you know i'm trying i'm trying to think of oh people. yeah 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 uh, those are all very recognizable names so yeah yeah, yeah. 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 and johnny lang and and really ani defranco are you know personal favorites right here so <laughs> really <laughs> yeah oh yeah yeah one of my great ones uh johnny lang opening for i went on a tour uh opening for him we got to play the ryman uh, oh, in Nashville, yeah. Mm -hmm. And that was that was one of the most exciting things in the world. And I definitely felt like stepping up to that microphone and just going like, A, Elvis has been here. B, mm -hmm. the sound of the room is from another time because it's reflective, yeah. but it's shallow and it's wood. And so wood has a weird sort of like absorptive yet reflective kind of quality. Mm -hmm. The only other place I can think of is the Barnes at Wolf Trap, which is in the mm -hmm. DC area, has that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, 
but like when you get those like big-ish uh, wood rooms, I mean, that is just so exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, plus they're just high-class rooms, you know, so, yeah. like, so the, the, the uh, music, um, the people and the gear and all of that kind of stuff, everything really clicks in a, in a very different way. Yeah, yeah, I mean, absolutely. I've, I've also played on the back of flatbed trucks. You know what I mean? I've <laughs> seen it all. Yeah, <laughs> plugged into the car battery. You know, like that's definitely <laughs> that's definitely been a thing. And you know, when I talk to my students, I'm like, you got to be prepared to not go up too far or down too far, and just try and keep it at sort of a zen middle ground. That's uh, great advice. Yeah, yeah, because both are very warping. Yes. And neither are true. Right, right. So That's great advice. Do you have any uh, favorite stories from your time on the road? Um, well, those were, those were really good. But the ones that actually translate, I mean, there's always like, you know, whatever. Yeah. Nutty stories. But like the one that translates that I give to my students is um, you're going to open for people. And you're going to headline. And the way you treat the opener says so much about who you are Mm -hmm. and also the way you treat the headliner. Mm -hmm. Um, Both of those things. I mean, and of course that translates to life, right? So it's just like, it's about respect for either elders and respect for youngers, you know, just general respect. Mm -hmm. Um, And that kind of thing, uh, grows the community that um that you become a part of and and you know you are a little bit on the take when you're opening but you're on the give when you're headlining and um hopefully you run that sort of that whole sort of circle of life or whatever you want you want to call it yeah but um, being being a jerk gets around right super fast you know um so I, i try and tell them to, to do that. I, and I hope they get it, you know, yeah. I, I think they, I think they do. Most of them do. Yeah. And, and just to, to get a little bit more from that, actually, I'm curious because I don't think we've really ta- talked about this on the podcast, but mm-hmm. in your experience, what would, a how would a good opening band or musician act towards the, the person that they're opening for the group that they're opening for? Well, I, I've learned some of this, just from being brought up well. <laughs> and some of this I got, I learned from almost getting beaten up. Yeah. So, oh yeah, for sure. Um, you know, be, you know, the, on time, right? Mm-hmm. I have a whole section on the book, in the book about just be, you don't understand what being on time is, you know, mm-hmm. like on, uh, being on time has nothing to do with the clock. It has everything to do with respect. Um mm-hmm. And um, being unobtrusive, uh, not assuming uh, certain whatever, uh, not assuming uh, mm-hmm. that the stuff that's laid out for someone is laid out for you, you know, mm-hmm. um, uh, that kind of that kind of respect is big. I, the one I almost got beaten up for uh, <laughs> was um, I had a great show just a tremendously great show, huge turnout, et cetera, et cetera. I was the opening act and 
the crowd was freaked out for an encore. And I didn't know what to do. You know, like mm. I, I didn't understand, but my time was up. Right. I went out for the encore because I didn't know what to do. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, they, you know, the headliner played the show. I went downstairs after the show was over and the guy had to be restrained. Like, oh, it was crazy. He was like, no, yeah, do that. You never go over your time. You never, you know, it doesn't matter what they're saying. It's not your show. And I was like, wow, you're right. I didn't know, you know, just green rookie mistake. So, yeah. Um, so I do. I, I try not to get too far into like war stories with the, with the students because like, I don't want them to roll their eyes or anything because, but I do want the stories that actually translate into lessons um, to be there for them so that they can actually learn from it instead of just have me vent, which, right. which, which nobody wants. <laughs> right. Right. But no, those are, I mean, it's better to, you know, save face if possible, because those are all real realities that, that, Oh, yeah. people might experience so and and then um you know in the reverse of that so how how would a, a good headliner respond to their their opening act and what what makes that good um uh i think the first thing is to understand just to i don't maybe it's like to remember yourself in them I mean, these are just like basic. I mean, you can find that one in the Bible, right? I mean, like, these are <laughs> yeah. not like these are not shockers, you know. But like, but people forget them when they're translated to other uh, contexts. But um, I remember, I remember Amos Lee opening for me, and one of the things that a headliner does or doesn't do is watch the show, like watch watch the opener, you know? Yeah, huge sign of respect. Um, and I remember going up to him afterwards. I haven't spoken to him since, but like, but I remember he was really good. Um, and I said it to him, I came up to him after. I was like, wow, you were really, you were really something. Stick with this, you know? <laughs> mm -hmm. And, um, you know, whatever, he was thankful and and that was that. But um, I mean, this happens a lot. You know, I have a lot of guests come in and the people that, uh, that they that will open for you end up being Ed Sheeran. I mean, it didn't open for me, but like I have friends who are like, you know, there was this jerk guy. I didn't like him and he slept on my couch. He was a jerk. Ed Sheeran, <laughs> you know, and it turns out to be things like that. <laughs> um, so yeah. being being cool to everybody mm -hmm. um, is a better place to be, right? It's yeah. a better life, right? But it's but it's also so it's it's smart, but it's also just the better place to be, which also happens to be smart. Um, and and hopefully they um, they find that out. They're not well. Some of them are headliners at this point, and and hopefully some of them are a taking out their friends, b taking out the people who took them out, right? Um, and then c just being generally uh, generous. Yeah, yeah. You know, I Absolutely. I've seen. I've seen headliners really blow that, mm -hmm. and it's, mm -hmm. it's too bad. Yeah, great advice. Because um, <laughs> most of the audience for this are, you know, musicians themselves. So um, this will this will definitely go a long way. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. And then you share a lot of your, your music business insights, uh, in your, in your book, music, lyrics, and life. Um, and, uh, you know, I was just going to ask you, like, did you learn most of your music business, um, insights for lack of a better word, uh, from, uh, you know, just being in the business yourself or did you, you know, study it somewhere? How did you come to build that foundation for yourself? It, that's great that you say it that way. Cause like, um, sometimes a high schooler will come up to me and be like, in order to get into music, I should probably go to music school. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because the half of the people we study in music school didn't go to school. Right. At all, right? Mm-hmm. So, so um, how did I uh, learn a lot of the things like the almost getting beaten up? Um, I learned <laughs> from experience. Um, yeah. What's in a contract? Well, I've signed several, right? I've been on a couple <laughs> of different labels. I, I've had different types of contracts put in front of me. Um, and I had to learn some of that, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I learned it and it went well or poorly for me almost randomly or based on the network and the community that was involved in the contract, whether or not the contract is being respected, mm-hmm. right? Because sometimes people say the contract is not worth the paper it's printed on. Um, and sometimes that's actually true. Um, mm-hmm. It's only a deterrent, you know, but um, how I learned about it, this is, it's funny. Um, uh, I, I So I learned about it from experience, from having to study up uh, because the contract's in front of me. Um, And as I go along, like in great example, just two days ago, um, I was interviewed on CNN about the Taylor Swift shake it off uh, controversy slash lawsuit um, Hmm. with another, uh, with two other writers, because they were saying that Shake It Off has the um, play is going to play. They said it first. Mm-hmm. And play is going to play, haters going to hate. And she, of course, says it. And play is going to play, 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 play. Mm-hmm. And they said, we own that. We own that phrase. You know, So it's a little bit like the whole Blurred Lines thing, which yeah. I, I learned about. But it turned into lyric. So... Before I went on CNN, I just, I studied, you know, equative tautologies, like play is going to play, like que sera, sera, boys will be boys, right? Like, you know, mm-hmm. east is east and west is west, like that construction, what that means, whether or not it's copyrightable, uh, who, uh, what are the ramifications of that, right? right? So like the learning never stops, but the learning is often random. Like it's like little points in the sky. And then like after a while, the experience is that you can actually make a shape out of all the points, mm-hmm. you know, and make a constellation uh, out of it. So now I have that little piece, but, you know, my students will ask me, you know, to take a look at a contract because it looks weird or whatever. And then I'll pick up something that way. But I did not go to school for this. Yeah, uh, I, you know, I took guitar lessons. Um, yeah which is fine. You know, I took singing lessons a bit. Um, and I took that songwriting class that my dad didn't like, um, <laughs> you, know, yeah. so that, you know, like, and then play, 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 not to quote 
Taylor Swift, but I played, played and I played and I played and I played. I played everywhere in Wisconsin. I played everywhere as far as I could go, you know? Yeah. You know, but, you know, I and I have this conversation with people all the time. I have, uh, you know, even a master's level uh, in music, uh, master's level of education. But I don't think I learned anything about the business along the way. And uh, I mean, I, you know, I left all of those programs uh, feeling like I was completely lost. (laughs) So, um, you know, granted, I didn't go to universities that specified in business. They had a couple business music business classes kind of um but they i mean not not really anything it was more performance based or conducting based or you know more classical training and yeah. but even so for those people who were in you know who wanted to do performance it was like once they got out of those schools how do you make use of those degrees that we were just all left on our own and it was just you know to fend for yeah. ourselves and you're gonna have to learn it by doing anyways so yes um yeah, I. Um, it, it's it's so true. I mean, that's such a mm-hmm. great uh, thing to say. Um, I sort of ask the students early to define just a one semester destination, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, when you like long distance run. Not that I do that, but like when you're running, like you you say, I'm just gonna get to that tree. Then mm-hmm. I'm just gonna get to that mailbox. Then I'm just gonna get. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so for the semester, I'm like, where do you want to get to? And then find the tools that will do that, right? So for, like, say, for music production, I do I know everything about Logic? No. But when I have the Logic being the Mm -hmm. uh, recording software, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, so when I have a problem, uh, I go to just YouTube, right, Mm -hmm. for the specific problem. And um, I wrote the book knowing that YouTube is sitting there. And, like, anybody can learn anything about songwriting, right? If you want to know X inflection of this course from wherever, there's a 45-minute YouTube video about it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I didn't want to get into that. I told them to do that, but um, but to try to give them something larger, you know, um, mm-hmm. than that, sort of a 30,000-foot kind of, kind of view mm-hmm. that will inspire them to go into these more granular uh, zones, like, like mm-hmm. YouTube like monthly.com or masterclass or all, all those places. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've, I've uh, interviewed as well. I, I've interviewed lots of high profile guests and more often than not, you know, we'll ask them like, did you know this or that was a hit? Or did you know that this was the right thing to do? They never know. They never knew. They're always like, right. oh, this just came out of the, out of the blue. I was in the area. And I was prepared, but wow, like, I don't, you know, no one saw it coming, right? Great example, of course, is Maggie Rogers, who was a former student and blew up on a video where Pharrell came into the class and um, freaked out over her stuff. Like that, and I know the people who put that together, Mm -hmm. they were just like, they all just collectively shrugged. They're just like, (laughs) that was not how that was supposed to go. Right. But great, you know. Um, So that that's kind of funny. And that just happens. That just happens a lot. So can you go to school for that? For how to Mm -hmm. create luck? Not really. I mean, you could just do what you do. You you know, you 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 
play your show and someone walks in or someone tells somebody else and you know you can only prepare right right before you can go to school yeah and there's there's i mean thankfully there are places like you know the university that you're at and and there's a couple good schools uh doing music business programs in in wisconsin now too um and one of them has been for a while uh, but they, you know, they're they're so great at putting together resources, um, bringing in experts and things like that, yeah. so that when you do get to that point of the luck coming in, you are as prepared as you possibly can be. But you still need to be in the right place at the right time or have those connections to get you there, um, you know, in order to, for that all to fall in place, right? Um, Absolutely, and and the there's. The, the thing that gives you the one up, I think, when you go to those schools, like the ones that I teach at, mm-hmm. um, it's the network. It's mm-hmm. the people. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's, you know, I don't mean to discount them. What I'm saying is like the actual uh, information, first of all, moves so quickly. Yeah. Right? So, I mean, I, I started in 2013. I mean, we were, I don't know, we were talking about how to, you know, how to market on things that we don't, I don't even remember what they're called anymore, like platforms mm-hmm. that we don't even remember anymore. Um, but the concepts have not changed at all. Right, right. Um, and the community hasn't changed. Yeah. And the idea of getting community. Yeah. Um, those schools are also hives for talented people. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I teach the high school, I teach uh, the high school people who come in to NYU. And I tell them, that's the first thing I tell them. Congratulations for not being like out on the basketball court or wherever you else you might have been today. You decided to prioritize this, but you're in a room with people who also decided to prioritize this. There's your first lesson. <laughs> Get to know each other, you know. Don't that's, look at me. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant, yes, love that. Yeah, great stuff. There's so much good good information here, Mike. I love it. Um, I was going to ask you, what has been one of the biggest challenges uh, that you've experienced along the way in, in the music industry? And you may address this in your book, um, and so you don't have to give us the full story, but uh, maybe just, uh, you know, a piece I, of it. I knew you were going to ask this question, <laughs> and it's the, it's the question I went to sleep thinking about. And I, um, I don't... My answer, the answer I came up with, uh, is um, keeping a sense of mental health. And I hate to sound like, you know, I don't know, artsy fartsy about that, but like keeping your head mm-hmm. is that's that has that's the biggest challenge, and that challenge gets harder. Mm-hmm. Um, so first off, there's like, how do I deal? No one showed up the gig, right? Mm-hmm. Now, what do I do? Do I lose my mind? Like I used to, I used to lose my mind. Like four people showed up at the gig. Uh, like I'm the worst in the world, whatever. Um, uh, to, you know, no one showed up and I'm in Indianapolis and it's mm-hmm. snowing and what am I doing with my life? And time is starting to move, you know? That is like, how do you keep your head with that? How do you keep your head socially? How do you keep your health, like mm-hmm. physical health? Um, and then, if you're lucky, uh, there's uh, there are family considerations. Mm-hmm. You know, um, one thing I didn't do in the book, but I will do soon, is um, find out about like 
<laughs> the marriage rates of people who get in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, Hall right. Or just like, you know, the domestic situations. Like every time we hear these stories, it's I, I read all these biographies. It's it's often very difficult, you know, very complex uh, to keep an artistic career and a maybe a family or even just the 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 mind that actually bridges the two clear, you know, because mm -hmm. um, a lot is coming at you from both sides and that kind of thing. Um, and that speaks to longevity. Like, so mm -hmm. keeping your mind, you know, I, I can't afford to eat used to be a problem. Mm -hmm. Now it's like, how do I balance all these things? So there's yeah. always a mental health component, I think, to all, Absolutely. To, to yeah. all these things. Yeah, and, it, and as you were talking about that, I, I was recalling, you know, I think uh, maybe part of the reason that is now more than before is because the artists are responsible for so much more or able to do so much more um, than they used to. And just balancing it all has, you know, it, it can be difficult. Uh, we put a lot of responsibility on ourselves and um, expect, you know, perfection and, you know, um, and but we just there's no way we could possibly do it all, <laughs> uh, it's perfectly. Super hard. I mean, yeah. Like, I had bunch of a bunch of day jobs. Like I, I did tons of days, and that's how I got into journalism. Yeah. It's like I was off the road, and I needed a gig. So you were asking, how do I learn things? Whatever. Um, it just so happens that I know I'm pretty good at spelling. <laughs> so I took a copy edit test. I didn't know how to copy edit. So the, like the weekend before I bought a book called how to copy edit <laughs> and I just read it. And then I went in and I took the test, you know, like that's how I learned how to do that. Got the gig. And so that type of balance never, it, it, it really never leaves, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, let's say you get on a, you get on a, a label, you get signed. Um, and you get like a two week run with somebody really big, something very awesome and important or whatever. Um, but you have to give notice to your job. Mm -hmm. Now what? And then after the two weeks, you're, you have no job. Like, mm -hmm. are you going to survive that? Like, how do you survive it? Um, so all those types of considerations, those types of balances, they, they don't, it's not just like, what do I do with my kids? You know, it's not that it, it starts right at the top, right at the beginning. So. Mm -hmm. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, well said. Um, and you have uh, mentioned a few different pieces of advice along the way here. I wanted to bring up my question here. There it is. Uh, what, what advice would you give to those who are working to be musicians right now in the yeah. industry who are up and coming? Um, I would quote, uh, I believe, our mutual friend, Emily White. Yes, yes. yeah. Um, who has a great book, has a, a few, but yeah. uh, one on how to build a sustainable career, et cetera, et cetera, is, like, is the title of that book. Um, chapter one, get your art together. Mm -hmm. That, I can't say that better. Mm -hmm. uh, I've heard it said before, but I don't know <laughs> if I have as concisely, um, but that is that speaks to so many potential potholes, not the least of which is social media, right? Mm 
Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people like get out and throw stuff out before it's baked. A lot of cooking. I mean, you wouldn't do that with food, right? So it's like, it's mm -hmm. half baked here. Enjoy, you know, like, mm -hmm. but that's not only is that what happens, but it, it's actively promoted by social mm -hmm. media. Um, and those types of uh, those platforms that thrive on content, right? So they don't care mm -hmm. if it's baked or not baked. I don't know who cares. It's just up, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but setting stuff up that is your art, mm -hmm. getting the art right, mm -hmm. starts the whole thing. It, yeah. You know, um, how did I know? How do I know that? I know that because I put out a record too fast, you know, for myself, mm -hmm. right? And it hit the back wall, and I was like, okay, whatever. But I played and played and played, and I personally got signed off uh, my first deal off of a live show. That's what I had together. I didn't have the recording part together, but I had the live part together. So the record came out too fast and was not good, uh, or it was not baked, you know, mm -hmm. but the live show was baked, and that's what I got signed on. So mm -hmm. always, I, so that's my, that's what I would tell a student or anyone who's like starting this thing is get the art together like as much as you can. How do you know? Like, how would you know? I, that's a that's a, a question that is answered by experience. It's like, how do you know when a song is finished? You just at the after a while, you know. You know when the yeah. you know that you hear the door close. Like you can you can, that actually does happen after after a while. Um, George Saunders says, um, ending is stopping without sucking, right? So that, mm -hmm. that's really like, once you know that a song is starting to suck, okay, now you take those five seconds off and, <laughs> and now you're done, right? Um, so it's it's that kind of thing. And it's that kind of thing with um, with music. Can you defend it? If I have to go up on stage with a half-baked song, I know, and they know too. You're the whoever's up and coming, they know when a song is like, mm, maybe no one will notice that it's only half baked. Like, no, they're gonna know. You need yeah. to, you need to stay home and and fix whatever it is. So they yeah. go up and blow doors. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. and that's when you that's how you know when your art is together. Yes, and that's a great point. I mean. You don't want to just have a, I mean, for, you know, forgive my language, but a half-assed show like that's, and that's what will lead you there is, you know, yeah. um, so yeah. And, and in, in other words, um, maybe just planning, <laughs> you know, right. that is another way of saying this is just, you know, putting your stuff together, right. preparing, um, yeah, all of those things. So yeah, great advice. And yeah, often it takes um, living through a little bit of a, uh, tumultuous time and, and learning the lessons from it, but sure. Or you know, you could hear from someone like Mike here. <laughs> I'm, I'm a yourself. bad, I'm a bad listener, I think, because when I go to my students' shows, I haven't been to a show in so long. But when I do go, I go with a piece of paper and a pen, and I'm like, that song was good, this was good, that transition, guys. If you don't know how to transition, don't just go right into the next song. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah. With love, you know, a lot of, but it's feedback with love, but it's real. Yes. Yeah. And you take it or you leave it, but um, it's, it's not all correct, but it's not all wrong either. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I like pick that. and choose like that kind of thing. Um, having trusted filters like that are yeah. so key. Like, 
my wife listens to everything before I play it, you know, out. And if her eyebrow cocks to the side, I'm like, ah, time to go back, you know? Yes. I love that. Um, Trusted filters. I'm writing these things down. I have some. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Awesome. So now I just, I want to ask you more specifically about your book that's coming out. So uh, music, lyrics, and life. Um, I mean, you, you kind of touched on, I think, the impetus behind this uh, a little bit earlier in that, uh, that it's, it's a book really for your, your students to work from, to learn from. Uh, can you tell me anything more about uh, what made you, uh, what, what got you to this point? Um, well, it's a little bit like, I mean, it's very bizarre that I'm this new cliche of a professor. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like professors have all sorts of like goodwill. Is it goodwill hunting or like I, I forget? Like the old uh, dead poet mm-hmm. society. Like oh, I don't yeah, know, yeah. All these like you know professor type things, um, tropes. Um, so if if you watch professors, they after a while they begin to compile uh, these stray notes and stray um, articles that they want you to read. It's kind of like your mom or dad, like might send you an, an, a clipping that they that they mm-hmm. are into or whatever. Um, but this happens over years and like these PDF packets that like that mm. build up uh, in the professor's uh, uh, syllabi um, become insane. They become like this weird, like <laughs> crazy, um, you know, little roads to, to nowhere really um, <laughs> or to somewhere, but who knows where. Um, so I was starting to do that and I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I have to, I need to consolidate this and make it make sense and have it all be in the same font and have one idea go to the next idea, you know what I mean? And work stepwise um, across, really, I mean, the book is constructed over the course of a, writing a song. So like it starts at um, journaling and it goes, you know, through the first draft, through the second draft, co-writing, how to split your co-writing, um, all using guests, like former students, but also like, you know, Paul Stanley, the lead singer of Kiss, or mm-hmm. um, people who've written with Katy Perry and Camila Cabello, or Shane McAnally, who works with uh, Casey Musgraves and uh, all these other people, into the second, uh, second draft, how do you know when it's finished? What do you do once it's finished and someone is heckling you? <laughs> you know what mm-hmm. I mean? What's it like to to live through other once you let it go? You know, what do you? How do you now handle the fact that your baby's not yours anymore? You've kicked it out of the nest, and mm-hmm. not everyone thinks it's it's hallelujah or the next mm-hmm. piece. Um, and then after that, there's just like. To, uh, there's a there's a long list of other books to read, um, which I think speaks to a little bit of what you had said. And things including, you know, business books like the Donald Passman stuff. Mm-hmm. Also books on that are that like open the mind, you know. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, Jeff Dyer's book, uh, But mm-hmm. Beautiful, which is a wonderful book about jazz. Um, Ani DeFranco's autobiography, which <laughs> oh my God, it's like it's. It's the only autobiography I know that I would put next to Just Kids, which is Patti Smith's um, mm-hmm. autobiography. Um, uh, amazing. 
And then maybe I would put How Music Works by David Byrne. But still, I think Ani and Patty are just like, it's it's bananas um, <laughs> what, they both, what they both did. Anyway, so there's a there's a ton of books with further further reading, and I call it um, uh, summer reading for some time later in life, you know, mm-hmm. because it never it never stops. Like literally, I was studying equative tautologies and Taylor Swift <laughs> <laughs> two days ago, and I never even heard of that term before, and and now now it's, I seem to try to work it into every conversation I have. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Are there particular chapters that you were really uh, proud of or excited about to put together? Well, there were some that really clicked uh, yeah. for me. One was um, one was before the song begins, um, your relationship and your conversation with silence, which is the thing that the underpinning it's the music that music dances to right it's it's just mm-hmm. the, it's the it's the canvas you know mm-hmm. dealing with the canvas um that was really fun from there we got into form and how my students are always like well i'm gonna break the mold and all this kind of thing and in pop songwriting i don't think you break the mold via form but you do by inspiration right so mm-hmm. billy eilish did not break any song forms, but she did break a lot of ground, right? Mm-hmm. So to put that together, I went to Goodyear Tire and I spoke to a mechanical engineer who works within the circle, right? The form, mm-hmm. the classic, you cannot move it form. And I'm like, come on, like triangles, squares. Do you ever, <laughs> it's in a, do you ever just try that? And, you know, of course it's absurd. So she's just like, you're an idiot. Um, but it's fun to think about. It's it's fun to think that form is fixed, or at least if not fixed, there are there are things that we love, right? And just to admit that the brain loves certain things. Um, so anyway, all of that was really fun. Um, I have overspoken this answer. I'm sorry. Oh no, not at all. But I spoke to Jan Eleven, uh, the uh, astronomer, because one day I was talking to my students about choruses. I'm like, well, you know what? You should repeat your chorus somewhere where this kind of thing. And someone was like, why? Why? Why do I need to repeat the chorus? If I say I'm the bad guy once, isn't that enough? And I was like, this is a more, this is a heavier point than, uh, than I'm making it out to be. Uh, this is actually a very deep thing. Why would I ask? And and so I I love um, sci-fi and stuff. And um, Contact is a movie uh, that stars Jodie Foster. And in it, an alien civilization sends us messages, but they send it via repetition, right? Because that's what makes things make sense to us. And I spoke to an astrophysicist, this 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 woman uh, Jan Eleven, who. Uh, works with black holes and and the and the um, uh, the sound of gravitational waves as they uh, as they sort of like ripple like space time across the universe. And she was like, "Yeah, yeah, we look for repetition all the time. And if we ever find intelligent life, we're going to find it via repetitions uh, mm-hmm. because we're not going to get it the first time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Across these these many many light years." Um, so we got into 
conversations of what is reality, especially to someone like an astrophysicist where gravity, relativity is normal for, for them. Um, and that's there's an analog to songwriting, which is basically like you're creating something invisible that is moving in space and time, very like someone observing uh, the universe. Um, so I was able to, now I'm able to answer that question. Why would you repeat a chorus, you know? And it's because that is what makes it real um, uh, in, a, in, a, in a much larger sense. You know? mm -hmm. That's the life part of music lyrics in life. Yeah. yeah. And then there's the one that like, I always get from my students. You could just edit this, I guess, if you want. But like, <laughs> this um, is great. <laughs> but about writer's block, you know? Uh, yeah. um, so there's this whole thing about writer's block. And I, I am shocked that every year, student comes up like I have writer's block what do I do blah, blah 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 and I'm like guess what writer's block does not exist that is not a thing it was never a thing and so I looked into that and it's a term that was developed in the 1940s by an Austrian Freudian psychiatrist named Dr. <laughs> Edmund Bergler and the reason why and you're going to love this the reason why writer's block exists is because of milk denying mothers and, hmm. and inability or uh, unwillingness to breastfeed the child, then they become <laughs> blocked, but they have writer's block. And, uh, you know, it's, and this is a real thing. I'm not making that up. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's what he said. And of course he got like, you know, shouted down a little bit and Freudian psychiatry is now kind of, uh, you know, it's what it is at, at this point. Um, <laughs> but, um, while that sort of went away, the name stuck. Sure. So he came up with the term writer's block and it's an awesome term. I mean, it's so yeah. good, right? It's like Bigfoot. I mean, <laughs> Bigfoot's never going to leave because it's got such a good name. Yeah. Um, but to tell students like you don't have a block, what you do have is fear. Yes. Now let's talk about fear. Because let's not talk about like, I can't make the words go on the page. Yeah. I can quiet, quiet with that. What are you afraid of writing? And then that's what you have to write. Oh, super important advice. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. I love that. Who would have thought that songwriting could compare to Bigfoot? It, absolutely. But <laughs> it, or, uh, or, you know, the search for intelligent life. Right. Yeah. I yeah. love this. Yeah. Or Goodyear, or Goodyear tires. Yeah. Or, um, oh God, phosphorus. That's another thing. <laughs> I don't know. That gets a little scatological, but, but it's in the book also. Okay. Okay. We'll have to read it to check. That, that'll be our, uh, what's the, what's that term? Um, you know, our, <laughs> that's your teaser. Yeah. Our teaser for, yeah. I don't for... want to spoil anything scatological. <laughs> that's for you in your own time. All right. Yeah. Awesome. Um, I'm going to talk about your song in a minute, but uh, was there anything that we didn't address on this interview that you would like to bring up? Um, no, I feel like I've, I, I've, I'm sharing. I'm in a big share. <laughs> so, no, this is great. We, okay, you know. pull, pull me back if you want. I don't know. No, not at all. No, we, okay. we need advice like this. So, cool. uh, and I enjoy it. Um, so it, whenever we have a guest on the show who uh, is also a musician, 
um, and, and performs original music um, that we can attach to this. <laughs> I'd love to play one of their songs. So the song that you selected for this one is Arecibo. And I, I wanted to make sure that I said that correctly. I think I did. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about that? Sure. Well, I mean, I mentioned a little bit about sci-fi. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Contact, the movie by Jodie Foster, um, deals with the search for intelligent life. And one of the major telescopes that is that is featured in the film and also in the Carl Sagan book is the Arecibo telescope, a radio telescope in Puerto Rico, which like fell apart like a couple years ago. Um, but I was lucky enough to bring, I was lucky enough to bring some friends. We went to Puerto Rico and they wanted to hang out on the beach. And I was like, no, 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 we have to drive an hour inland uh, and see this radio telescope. And they were the, as bored as anyone could possibly be, but it was <laughs> fascinating. I was, I was so psyched. So anyway, um, Arecibo and Contact and the concept of making Contact fills a lot of my songs. There's another one called Okay to Go, which is something that Ellie Arroway says in Contact. Um, there are a couple of other sort of tells or Easter eggs throughout my work mm-hmm. um, that deal with, with the movie, but also with, um, with, the, with Carl Sagan and the bigger, that bigger picture of that, that larger search. And um, the difference between faith and science and the rub between them, which is only rubbing more today than mm-hmm. it ever has. Um, so, um, so this song is much, it's a little bit more the, the more rockin' side of this radio telescope. Yeah. Um, and uh, I had fallen in love for, the, for that moment with uh, Eagles of Death Metal, um, <laughs> just like one of those one of those bands that um, I really enjoy. Um, and uh, also, like, you know, the replacements, and there's a saxophone in there, so there's mm. like... Um, Oh, the replacements. That's a that's a Minneapolis. I know which I know which is not Wisconsin, but it's close. <laughs> Sometimes we claim them as our own. Northern, Northern Wisconsin almost is Minnesota, so you, yeah. you know whatever. Um, <laughs> so there's you know so there's there's that and you know elements of of, of Prince and just a good good time. Yeah. yeah. So it is. Yeah. I, was, yeah. I, I thought it'd be it fun. Yeah. Yes, it is. It's a great time. Yes. It is. So, Mike, Erica, where, where can we find your book? Where can we find you? How can we follow up with you? Okay. Well, I have a website, of course. Um, so you can just, it's just erico.com or mikeerico.com. Erico is spelled E-R-R-I-C-O. And pretty much everything is there. Um, I'm on all the streaming platforms for that. Uh, uh, lots of podcasts and stuff like that. Um for buying the book, interesting, good point. It's available sort of everywhere, but um, you can get, I recommend your local bookstore, wherever that is, wherever you're listening to this. If, if there's a local bookstore, bookstore, they may have it. If they don't have it, I'm pretty sure they can order it. Yeah. And, and if not, um, you can signed personalized copy with a bookmark come on if you go to my Bandcamp page Ooh, right? that's okay. a smart move okay we'll make sure to promote that yeah all right love that 
and of course Amazon if, if like you know whatever but like I, we knew that but you don't yeah. know the other things let's do the other things all right great yeah love that great advice and great ways to shop local shop personalized always and so, always yes yes I, yeah. I buy I don't go to the library I just buy it yeah I, I, there's a local bookstore and like I mean I don't you can see yeah. <laughs> behind, behind me, uh, there, you know, I, I realize this is a podcast, but yes, I, mean, I just, I'm drowning in books. That's hey, And I love it. If you needed to drown in anything, why not? I know. Books? I, yeah. <laughs> I completely agree. <laughs> so great. Well, Mike, Erica, thank you so much for being on the show today. It was such a pleasure to have you on. Great to meet you. Nice to meet you too. listening to the musicians adventure podcast please leave ratings and reviews from where you're listening from visit themusiciansventure.com for information on what we have happening past episodes and ways to get in touch with us the musicians venture podcast is hosted by allison m produced by shannon coulard with theme music by mike newmeyer thanks again for listening